What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. Welcome aboard to Right and Wrong. I'm your host for today's show, Brian Ruka. I'll be with you here navigating through all the topics we have on uh, on the board today for you. Uh, I'd like to start off by acknowledging that this is the very first uh, show that I'm doing. A lot of people might be wondering, why are you starting a podcast? Why do you want to do this? And uh, I'm doing it because I think a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about on this show is what people are actually thinking. Um, I've met a lot of people, and every time we talk about things, most people seem to be on the same uh, wavelength as as me. You know, we all want what's right for our kids. We all want society to be uh, welcoming, kind, and we see things, you know, going in a in a sideways direction. You know, I'm going to talk about a lot of the things that people are thinking, but are too nervous or apprehensive to actually talk about and to bring up and to, to possibly do something about. So you're thinking it, I'll be willing to say it here, okay? A lot of the stuff we're going to hit is cultural and um, things that are going on in society today, in this country specifically, and what um, the future is going to look like. You know, what is America to you? And to me, and what do we want to teach our children about it? What do we want to leave for our children? What's the legacy we're going to leave behind us? And if we don't talk about this stuff, if we don't focus on it, then there's not going to be much left to pass on. Um, if you don't see it yet by now that this country, the American way, that most things that that we grew up kind of believing in collectively are all being targeted right now. And who knows, it could be a very different world in society 50 to 100 years from now if we don't um, you know, stand up and try to do something about it now. And hopefully the COVID nonsense and um, everything that happened with these lockdowns has shown like a little peek into the window. And I feel like a lot of people have spoken up a little bit more and pushed back. I just hope that we don't revert back to um, only passively caring about stuff and and being indifferent to a lot of things. You know, we have an uphill battle to fight here against the political left and the progressives that really want to change this country fundamentally. The ones who want to teach us and uh, actually teach our children that the country is um, founded on systemic racism and that America is not the greatest nation in the world, which we know that it is. We've been losing that battle for a long time now. We fell into the trap a while back of uh, the left bringing up, like, why do you have to make everything political? They always like to throw that out there. Like, oh, why do you have to make it political? Why do you got to bring it into that? And the thing that's aggravating is they've made everything political. The left has brought politics into every single aspect of our society, which rightfully so, it is. I mean, we all live in a collective society. We all live in this country. And, you know, just the public, like, atmosphere that we live in, the public square, is political by nature. So, 
anything that we do together is political. It is politics. And, you know, culture affects the politics that like we live by the the things that we decide as a as a community as a state as a nation that is culture that's the culture we have that's society and politics affect the culture and the society so they go hand in hand you can't have one without the other but for a long time the left has convinced um the right that they can't talk about certain things we shouldn't politicize certain topics and we've been blind to the fact that they have been making things political for a very long time and they've just been hiding it because they're very good at it. You know, they sneak it into all aspects of our lives. They sneak it into the, into the um, schools. They sneak it into our entertainment and our social media. Now it's something we really need to wake up and start talking back about. And you know what? If we do talk back about it, then the left bullies you into remaining silent about it. They, they are the ones who, want everybody to be to to go by their lived experience right but if i talk about something that doesn't quite stick with their narrative then my lived experience has no relevance to them at all and neither does yours and that might be the only time i actually use the term lived experience to try and make one of my points because it's just absolutely ridiculous but anyways um they love to throw out there to us. Why do you even care? What's the big deal? And it's frustrating because if it wasn't such a big deal, if it wasn't something that we should care about, why do they make it a big deal? Why does it have to be an agenda that they push if it's not such a big deal? You know, it started way back when, you know, it's been happening my whole life. I can tell you that. And uh, I'm sure there's people that could tell you that it, that it was happening even before then. But I know one thing that stands out for me is they've replaced Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays. Oh, what's the big deal? Just say Happy Holidays instead, and then then you include everybody. And you know what? You're missing the, the point. Anybody who says Merry Christmas to somebody is not trying to insult them. They just say it's it's still a happy greeting. You understand what they meant by it. No one's trying to insult you by saying Merry Christmas. Yet we allowed the culture and society to transform that into an issue and turn it into happy holidays now. And everybody, you know, the the speech police is out to get you over that. We turned safe, rare, and legal into simply women's health. What happened to the rare aspect of abortion? Now it's celebrated. Now it's considered, um, you know, you're right. You're not, you're not uh, affirming yourself as an independent, confident woman Unless you 100% support abortion on demand. That's what it's turned into. The way it's talked about and celebrated. It used to be, at least from the left's point of view, something you should still be apprehensive about. You shouldn't be just doing it willy-nilly. You should be, you know, not, you shouldn't be advertising that as an, as a show of um, your womanhood in your, 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 your strong independence. No, it was something that you didn't really want to talk about. It was a last resort and it wasn't really happening, you know, quote, all that much. But now we have Mayor hands all over you, Cuomo, um, you know, lighten up his city with, um, with the skyline for like abortion awareness, bull crap. So that's something that, you know, 
started off as as a small play on words and now morphed into something that it is nowadays. Um, we've replaced human anatomy with human delusion. That kid from Kindergarten Cop said it best years ago. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. And we all laughed at it. And it was funny. And you know what? It's true. A kindergartner. That, like, that was common knowledge. Now you'll have people argue about that. Crazy. We've removed the innocence of our children by planting seeds of hatred and racial division into their minds. There's no other way to put that. You know, your kids on the, on the playground, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, they're not looking at the other kids in their class wondering if they should play with one who's white, who's brown, who's anything else. They just want to play with the kids that are doing the same things they're doing. They want to play. They want to goof around. They want to play tag and run and be kids. They could care less what the color of the skin is of the kid they're playing with. You know who cares about that? Us, grown-ups, people who want to make themselves more important than they are, people who need a purpose in life, who need something to do. And you know what? We end up projecting our own feelings, emotions, uh, past experiences, whatever, into what our children are going to look at somebody with nowadays. And that's promoted and that's taught. That's not something that kids are born with. They learn that along the way. They learn it in their home. They learn it in their neighborhood. They learn it in their schools. They learn it from their politicians. They learn it on their entertainment. They learn it everywhere now. And it's not bringing us closer together. It's driving us further apart. And if you don't see that, I don't know what you're smoking. Like I said a few minutes ago, the left has used the schools to start with this, to drive things like that home. They use the schools to promote transgenderism within the kids. They use the schools to remove the parents from our children's lives. It's no wonder that all the Democrat leftist politicians are pushing this early childhood um, you know, well, I don't even know what the heck they're calling it, but like childhood development or something, but it's basically, they're trying to get free healthcare, right? Or, or public, um, not healthcare, sorry, public education, younger and younger and younger. Like I was shocked when my kids started kindergarten, it was, um, you know, K2, like one, like kindergarten for one year, then right into first grade. They have something as far back as K-0. So you could be in kindergarten for three years in the Boston public school system before you go to first grade. And they want to go younger than that because the push from the left is to get everybody out there in the workforce. You don't need mom and one of your parents home, mom or dad, to raise the family, to do stuff like that around the house. You need mom and dad to both be out working nonstop and turn your kids over into daycare immediately and then right into these public school indoctrination camps. And they have your kids from as early as three years old all the way into their 20s. Um, most kids that are career students now all the way into their 30s maybe. And are they getting anything other 
than this left narrative, this left agenda in the schools? Nope, not in the public schools, not in the government-funded ones. The left has used the entertainment world. It's never been more obvious than these days. Every show you see, uh, movies that you see, they all have some sort of like left-leaning lesson, cultural lesson, whatever, throughout the episodes, throughout the end of it. You always have somebody's, um, the, you know, cartoons nowadays. How many clips have you seen from, from um, you know, Muppet Babies or Blue's Clues or any of these shows that have, you know, drag queens leading a march in a parade? I think that was on... Um, on Blue's Clues or something earlier last year, and you have somebody who who claims to be a different sex. Um, they mix it into Sesame Street and stuff, and all of the all the messages are left ideology. Do you see anybody promoting strong family? Do you see people like shows, movies that have a mom and a dad in the house, and you know go to church and eat dinner at night? anymore no you don't if it's always like a single parent or um if it is two parents in the household it's usually um two dads or two moms or um you just see all the virtue signaling that comes from the left mixed into our culture and into our entertainment and they do it um all the way up into movies now where where you can't be eligible for an academy award unless you have somebody from a um you know from a from a underrepresented group work on the production or or be an actor in it or have specific causes to like get out of here with that like like why just make a movie for for a movie to be good and then social media take what goes on there like they're going to suppress stuff that comes from the conservative point of view, but you're going to be able to find stuff all over the place that promote that left agenda. You know, you're going to, you can go onto TikTok and, um, you know, Instagram, all these influencers, anything like that. And it's a left, left, clear, left slanted bias. Um, you know, for every Fox news story, you might see, on uh, social media, you're going to get 15 CNNs, MB- MSNBCs, um, just your regular local four, fives, and sevens. It's nuts. All over the place. And we're seeing it happen. In real time, we're seeing this happen. We've seen it happen for a long time now. But it always happens in small steps. We need to be able to see this while it's actually happening. And we need to have the courage to confidently fight back against it in real time, together. You're going to be seeing it. I'm going to be talking about it. And together, we're going to use common sense to figure out what's right and what's wrong. Now let's get to the stories on today's show. Okay, I could probably talk about that all night if I needed to. Um, but I want to get my blood pr- pressure back down. Um, I'm starting to see red a little bit. So um, let's move on to our next topic here on Right and Wrong with Brian Ruka. You don't talk religion and politics. 
I'm sure everybody listening to this has heard that at some point in their lives. When you're uh, at a family party or you're around um, in, a, in a social situation, of course you've heard that. Have you ever stopped and thought, why? Have you ever wondered why we can't have a civilized conversation about this stuff? The easy answer is because Uncle Frank and Cousin Eddie always end up in a roll around uh, across the living room floor during Thanksgiving. But at some point, people decided that they'd rather discuss the weapon of mass destruction that's been left in the toilet as opposed to the weapons of mass destruction that Bush went looking for. I guess the uh, toilet talk is, is a little bit safer and polite company. Take a step back and think about what kind of message that sends to the kids in our family. Are kids being taught that at a young age that they need to avoid sharing an opinion? Seems to me that they are. If you're a kid and happen to be curious about something, are you really going to ask these crazy people that you call your family? As Kevin McAllister would say, I don't think so. Instead of being able to develop and formulate an opinion about real-world important topics, the potential curiosity just becomes suppressed. You don't want to ask about it. You're trained not to even be curious about it. You just brush it off. It's never talked about. It's not even acknowledged. Why talk about stuff that's going to decide what kind of a world we live in? Why talk about things that are going to affect all of us for the rest of our lives when we can just BS about whatever's happening uh, in sports this week or whatever's um, the latest gossip in the neighborhood or who mom and dad likes best? Any of that crap. The first time you end up getting exposure to like politics is typically in the classroom and you're already on edge because like your family's avoided it at every family party. Right. So you go into that class, like already with like a guarded suspicion as to what like you can say, can't say what should be said, what shouldn't be said. And that's in like a high school situation. Is there really like a civics class anymore in high school? Not really. I never had one. You get like a brief little rundown of how the government's supposed to operate during U.S. history, and it's definitely not enough to retain and to understand. As uh, anybody who have is, who's ever listened to the Michael Knowles show on the Daily Wire, they don't teach um, I am a bill up on Capitol Hill anymore in school. Nobody knows how that stuff works. It's just avoided. Because you know what? We don't need to know it. We're just the, the regular people. We're, the, we're the, the regular common man, right? We're not um, in ancient times where there was an actual hierarchy and a class system, but we might as well be these, day, these days. As I touched on before, like you have that elite political um, society, and there's Republicans in that group too. Don't get me wrong. It's just the people that, that consider themselves in control of, uh, of the country. They're, they're, they're the elites, and they know what's best, and the rest of us don't even bother to ask questions. Here's another video game. Here's um, something else to distract you with. Here's, uh, here's some food. Here's some, you know, anything. There's all these different things that are distractions for us, so we don't really engage in um, political stuff. We don't, we don't talk about it. And then you know what? We send our kids off to college, and it's the first time that they get smacked in the face with political, social, and cultural opinions. That stuff is encouraged on a college campus. 
that's when you can first start talking about that. But they have no clue how to have a conversation about this stuff. Kids at that age are trying to fit in, get drunk, and get laid. Let's be honest here. They are trying to just be accepted. That's all they want at that point. They want to be accepted by their peers and by their teachers. More often than not, they choose the road less challenging. They've been taught to do it their whole lives at this point. So when they're finally confronted with an opposition, they have no clue how to handle it. They end up stomping their feet and start throwing around buzzwords like, I'm offended, and it's my lived experience, and I need a safe space. They shut down and retreat into a bubble. It used to be common thought that these soft-minded college kids would be in for a rude awakening when they leave school and enter the real world. I mean like an actual rude awakening, not the one delivered by Rick Rude to the uh, Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam 88. But they were going to be smacked in the face by the real world and all of a sudden be like, oh, wow, we're not on the college campus anymore. It's not participation trophies given out. It's not everybody has a valid opinion. Nope, some of them are right. Some of them are wrong. Hence the name of this show. Obviously, we're going to talk about the right stuff, the right way to approach things, and the wrong way to approach things. And turtling and falling back on on feelings and, and that type of stuff, that's going to be the wrong way to handle things. That's going to be the soft way to handle things. The right way to handle it is going to be to talk about it, to figure it out, to figure out what is supposed to be done, what was by design, and what things can be, you know, changed, altered, and perceived differently. Instead of bringing that mindset of, well, well not bringing, instead of that mindset of, um, you know, they'll, they'll be smacked in the face by the real world once they leave the college campuses, the whole thing's been completely flipped. Those college campuses have now expanded into the real world. It's almost as if no one is ever told no anymore. We think we can just do anything. And you know what? We're, we have medical, scientific, technological advancements that we've never had before in, in society. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. There is a such thing as the word no. If you're a guy and you feel like a girl, it's okay to tell them, no, you are a guy. That's just how you were born. In the past, you would hear stuff like, the world's not fair. You can't always get what you want. Now, major companies, schools, the justice system, human biology, they've continued to cave to anybody that stomps and whines loud enough to garner some attention. It's unfortunate because we're at a point where we are as advanced and educated as we've ever been, but we've lost sight of some of the most basic, fundamental truths in life. That is what I'm here for. That's what you're tuning in for, and that's what you're going to get on Right and Wrong with Brian Ruka. Not only are you going to get that politics talk on this show, you're also going to shift gears and uh, get another one of those taboo topics, religion right here with me. So um, I come from a very big Catholic community. Um, religion 
you know, was a huge focus growing up, 12 years of Catholic school, um, 37 years old now. And I think back of being an altar server, um, going to mass every Sunday, all that stuff. When I turned 18, um, you know, I could care less about it. Not that I like lost faith that there, um, is a God that, that God exists in heaven, all the stuff I learned growing up, but I just got lazy. I got, um, you know, plenty of other things that you're interested in when you're in your twenties, just like most people. And it was something easy to put off. Um, you know, it would, it wasn't a priority, um, making myself available to go to mass, that type of stuff. It was more of a priority to be available to go play softball or, uh, you know, go out on a Saturday night and sleep until noontime on the, on that next Sunday. So I think a lot of people fall into that habit, you know, families uh, of overscheduling too many things in our lives these days. So we got our kids in hockey, basketball, dance class, uh, cheerleading, um, recitals, like anything you could think of. And their priorities. We don't miss those, right? We're shuffling around. We're running from one to the other. We're splitting up the father's taking one kid to one thing. The mom's taking the other kid to the, to the other event, but we never plan church into that equation. We just, it's just one of those things that, you know, if you have enough time or if you have nothing else going on, some people might be like, okay, I can make it this week or uh, everybody makes it for Easter and for Christmas. That's no surprise. And then we'll go to weddings, funerals. That's about it. So it is something, like I said, pot calling the kettle black hair. But um, about five, six months ago, I started going back and it's been a phenomenal experience for me. Um, One of the things I've realized since going back to church and since getting back into it is... um, having a perspective from being an adult and, you know, having some experience um, growing up is I actually like listen to the words that are being spoken and not just listen, but they like make sense or like at least try to like wonder to myself, like what do they mean and like analyze it and, and, you know, give it some actual thought as opposed to just going through the motions, which even, even when I was, um, you know, more involved, I don't think I grasped like what, like the meaning of some of the stuff was and, and why it was important. And, um, just the, the set of beliefs and the, the, the value system that comes from being religious. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'm starting to realize now too, is church can provide like all of the things that we're weak at it can it can help us improve all of those things in our lives so um i know i've mentioned before you know in conversation with people but if you if you pay all this money to go see a a a shrink every week once a week or something because you're stressed out you have anxiety um you know you're on medication for something antidepressants you um you know people go to yoga all these different things for the right peace of mind, but nobody thinks of church or uses church that way. You know, um, when I go, when I'm there, it, it's meditating. It's um chance to clear your head. 
it's a chance to really connect with some other humans that are there. It's a chance to to understand and find God and ask for strength, ask for help. Um, you know, I went to confession uh, once since I've been going back, and it was funny. I, I you know, I've become familiar with the priest in my parish, and uh, and I told he was like, "When's the last time you came?" And I was like, "Oh man, probably thirty years ago." 20 years ago. And he was like, all right, repeat after me. I'll help you through it. Um, so it was like, it's one of those things where like, I was nervous going into it a little bit embarrassed because I was like, Oh, what are you supposed to say? Like what, what I forget exactly even how to do it. And that's not the point of it. You know, the point is to kind of go acknowledge that you're not perfect in that you've made mistakes. And by talking about them, by, actually looking yourself in the mirror and admitting your faults, it gives you a clear window into how to correct that going forward too. You know, you can't duck away from it. You can't just bury it down deep because once you say it, it's like saying something out loud gives it a whole different meaning and and it's refreshing. So that's one of those things I highly recommend. Um, but since I've been going back, it is like empty. I'm surprised by that. You know, when I was growing up, there used to be three or four services every Sunday. And um, now there's only two. And my parish is like dwindling so much that two, um, two of the parishes that were side by side with each other have now had a combined because nobody goes anymore. When I've gone in there, it's it's crazy. I'm one of the younger looking people in there. I'm 37 years old. I've lost my hair, so I shaved my head. I'm bald, and uh, I should not be one of the younger people in there. Put it that way. Um, but I'm curious as to why people have stayed away. And I think that you can make the connection. It's all one big circle here. That it's the society that we live in today, and it's political and cultural too. You know, it's one of those things where. As I mentioned before, government, um, you know, some of that type of stuff has almost replaced the church. Um, a lot of people expect government to be like a charity, to be, um, to do stuff in, in that regard for people. But that's what the church's role has always been. You know, the community coming together and, and organizing charitable um, missions to help, not the government. We don't need the government to do that for us. And then, obviously, I think um, the issue of abortion is a big one with people not wanting to see it for as it as it really is, um, and they blame the Catholic Church for it. It's, it's an excuse. It's a, it's a reason to walk away because if you go to church and and they say they value all forms of life from conception. Um, till death, people hear that. And if they're in favor of abortion, that turns them off right away. And then they use it as a crutch, as an excuse not to go. Uh, one of the other things is, you know, the scandals that went on. And that's a very shameful thing that happened in the in the Catholic Church. And I understand why people would be turned off by that. But again, I, I think that there's more going on for someone to completely give up on it and stop going and stop participating than um, than 
just a scandal or just a political stance. Those are the things that they tell themselves or they tell their friends in their family so that they don't feel guilty about not going and they don't, you know, they don't have that hanging over their heads. And I get it. Like I'm, I'm one of the biggest people who does that type of stuff. Um, It's very hard to admit your own faults, but the religious like side of things, the Catholic um, church, the things that I learned there, it's all about accountability, self-discipline, making tough choices, but doing what's right, not what's wrong. No pun intended there, but um, that's what we've gotten away from in today's world. This country, you know, was, it was started with religious moral values in place. Um, There's a reason why it's illegal to murder people. You can't say like, if you're an atheist and, and you don't believe in anything, then that shouldn't bother you at all. That's a, that's a, a value that society's gotten from, the religious community throughout the world's history. And, you know, if you just look at the 10 commandments, that's one of those, everybody has heard of the 10 commandments. You might not be able to rattle them off, but, um, everybody knows that, that thou shall not kill. That's one of them. Um, and we just, we've lost hold of that type of stuff. Um, and again, it goes back to like, the picking and choosing of things. It's like, okay, we can all pick, um, you know, don't commit murder because that's an easy one. Who, who out here is a murderer? Like most of us are not most of us. Um, that's something you wouldn't even think of obviously, but has everybody thought of stealing or something at one point? Maybe have we made false idols of things? Absolutely. And, I used to always picture it as like, you know, the story from Moses coming down from Mount Sinai um, and and all the people having a golden calf that they were worshiping. That's what I've always pictured when I heard that. But expanding on that thought nowadays, um, I'm starting to realize that anything can be a false idol. You know, the the COVID stuff, all all this pandemic has shown me that Dr. Fauci is, is a false idol for some people. They put more weight more trust in in more dedication behind what that guy says than behind what God teaches and what God tells you. Any vice that you have in your in your life could be a false idol. If you're a gambler and, and you're constantly showing up at the casino and wasting half your paycheck, you've made a false idol of of that casino. You value that higher than you value your God. And that goes hand in hand with, you shall have no other God before me. And that's the same way. Those two go hand in hand. And as I was saying a, a few minutes ago, what about remember the Sabbath to keep it holy? That's right there, one of the Ten Commandments. And none of us do that. You know, again, myself included. Sunday, I um, I love watching football. I put that before most other things. I have valued that higher than going to church plenty of times back in in my life. If you think about it, that's not a huge request. We're so busy in today's society. We're always on the go, 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 moving around, being nuts, talking to everybody, doing this, that, and the other thing. But we never stop to slow down and really like value what we have. 
on a Sunday, how great does it sound to, you know, wake up, pick out what service you're going to go to say, you know, I can go to 1030 usually works for me and you go with your family. feels great. And that's all you got to do all day. Like at 1130 when it's over, go home and be with your family. That's what the Sabbath is all about. Instead, we got hockey tournaments. We got the movies to go to. We're linking up with somebody for a dinner date. And the whole idea would be, you know, you keep that Sabbath day holy and take a rest a little bit that day. Don't kill yourself. Don't do too much. Don't don't put all your chores off until um, until Sunday. And you could find some inner peace, some inner happiness. And I think that's really important. That's valuable and something we don't value as a society these days. You know, going back and and being involved now is great for me. And trying to get my kids involved um, is awesome. I feel bad that all I did was get them baptized when they were when they were babies, and then not keep up with it after that. But having them in the fold now and and trying to bring them along and show them what it's all about, it, it's so important to pass that value on to pass it down to the next generation. They're not going to get it just yet. Obviously, I get I get the eye roll in the old, uh, do we have to go to church? Like, why do we got to go to church? Uh, and I get it because I was there once before too. But if we don't do it now with our own kids, they're not going to value it at all when they start having kids. And they're not going to pass it on to their children. And all of a sudden, a generation or two from now, nobody's going to believe in religion. No one's going to be going to church. That that value system is going to be completely replaced. And you, like you'd be crazy if you don't see that the progressives, the far left, um, that belief system that they have, it, it truly is a religion to them. They have replaced um, traditional religion with the progressive value system, the progressive um, causes that they fight for, that is the new religion for an extreme group of radicals that are growing larger and larger each year. So unless we realize it, unless we see it and call it out and rediscover our own religion, then um, before we know it, it's going to be completely taken over. So that's something we really got to try to rededicate ourselves to. And uh, I'll be happy to point those things out as we continue to make more of these shows. So it's definitely going to be a topic that I want to talk about a lot, and uh, it is important. So I hope we can all start to realize and start to value the importance of it a little bit just um, as a society and start prioritizing it the way that our grandparents used to do. And you know what? Don't give me it was a simpler time back then. It was. It definitely was. But people didn't waste their time with nonsense. People weren't out there like uh, this one that I read the other day. One of my local stories that actually got picked up nationally, too. Um, reading from the New York Post here. Headline. Sex educator campaigns for Nantucket beaches to become topless. Here's a good idea. What's it say here? The lady's name is Dorothy Stover. Stover. Um, and she's fighting for beaches in the tiny seaside community of Nantucket, the island, um, to go topless. All public beaches to be topless. That's that's her cause. That's what she's going for. 
no wonder our society's crumbling and falling apart. It's just more um, sexualization to expose our children, our communities to. Um, I can't believe that this is a priority for somebody. This is what this person is spending her time on, dedicating her time to, and campaigning, and it, it's crazy. Um, reading again from the from the story, she, what does it say here? Uh, oh, she suggested a bylaw amendment titled Gender Equality on Beaches back in November of 2021. There it is right there, Gender Equality. She's speaking the language of the woke right there. Um, everything needs to be turned into equity and um, equality. It's a distorted view. Men and women are not equal. We do not. There is no equality between the two sexes. I'm not saying one's better than the other or one's more or less than the other. But to think that you can walk through life, that, that society is going to just agree that there is no fundamental difference between a woman, a male and a, and a female. Uh, it's crazy. It's just a perverse point of view. And I don't understand why people go along with this. Um, and, and that's why I think that they frame it as gender equality. Cause someone hears that word, they hear equality and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We should all be the same. Dig a little deeper and just think about what it actually means. Because it's it's not. I mean, it goes hand in hand. It's the same way that that the left tries to put a bill that's going to um, make voting less secure, and they call it the um, freedom of voter rights rule or whatever the hell it's called. Here, let me get back to more more of this story here. Um, Stover also said they say women's breasts are sexual, and I said no, they're sexualized not sexual. What are we doing here? They are sexual. They are they might be sexualized as well, but they they're sexual, you know? It 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 is what it is with this stuff. She's a 40-year-old woman, too, by the way, thinking she she's bringing up a cause that some 18-year-old hippie in college would have done back in the 60s, but this 40-year-old has nothing else to do with her time than to try and advocate for a topless beach on Nantucket. Continuing in this story here, she's quoted as saying, we have the exact same makeup and men can go topless, but we can't. It blew my mind that we're still in this space, but it's turned into an equity issue. And I know I'm not the only one who thinks this. Um, yeah, you're right. You're not the only one who thinks this. You got an entire crazy progressive left-wing wing of the uh, Democratic Party that believes in this crap, too. They're the same people that, that want to um, introduce this type of stuff to our children while they're in elementary school. They're the ones who want um, drag queen story hour at our libraries. They want to talk about who you're attracted to and, and who do you think you really are, deep down, a boy or a girl, to, to children. Of course she doesn't think that there's anything wrong with this. Um, and of course, she has support from people on it. There's a whole like handful, not handful, but more than that. There's a plethora of nut jobs out there that buy into this bull. What else did she say here? Oh, she did have a good line with this. Some men have bigger breasts than I do, and uh, that's true. I might be in that in that um, boat as well. I definitely have 
a little bit of a man boob situation going on at times. But you know what? That's uh, beside the point because it shouldn't be, oh, because some of us are out of shape, overweight. Uh, now we can just have people walk around topless with their breasts hanging out. No. Why don't we turn it the other way and encourage uh, men with man boobs to exercise more, to eat less, to, to take care of pair better care of themselves. Um, the answer to that, the solution isn't just, okay, women can take their tops off now because we got a fat guy who's got boobs too. No, we should, uh, you know, encourage that person to better themselves or, um, for the most part, I feel like the, the really large men out there are too self-conscious to take their shirts off at the beach. You're going to be filled with, uh, you know, you're going to get some pot bellies and some dad bods and stuff, but not all of us can be 40 years old with uh, all of our time dedicated to women's movement causes like this and uh, activism and keeping our bodies fit, I guess, like uh, Miss Stover here has done. Um, it also says that she is a sex educator and is um, the head of the Nantucket Love School. Oh, okay. Yep. No, nothing sexualized about breasts and, and love and any of that stuff. Sex education. That's not sexualizing stuff. Yeah, of course it is. It's just framed, again, under the guise of education. Um, I understand that this isn't for children, so uh, that's not the point on that one. She offers this class for adults, um, and... She says that it is to bring together love, spirit, pleasure for the empowerment and embodiment in a judgment-free zone. And that's uh, the only community for Nantucket women that there is. That's uh, that's what she's all about. So I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why that's something that um, we're even wasting the public's time on. We're wasting tax dollars on and... Uh, it's crazy. At the end of the article, it says, she's quoted also as saying, that is the ultimate goal of the Nantucket Love School, to bring more love into the world, beginning with ourselves, then our community, then rippling out beyond our island to the world. And uh, that, you know, that sums it up perfectly right there. What's the first thing she says? To bring more love into the world, beginning with ourselves that's it we live in a self-centered selfish society these days like i mentioned before i've fallen victim to this too we all have we're not perfect but if we don't realize it how are we ever going to stop it and correct it but this society these days our number one focus is ourself that's what individualization is all about it's prioritized by everybody on the left. How do I feel? How do I see something? What is my lived experience? All this type of stuff. And the rest of the community doesn't matter. Um, the family doesn't matter. The All that other stuff comes afterwards. Um, how am I going to be in a relationship if I can't love myself? And that's why our marriage rates are down. That's why divorce rates are skyrocketed because we're all selfish. And you People like that don't realize that, you know what, it's not all about you in wanting to take your top off at the beach to get a tan. 
You know what? Sit in your backyard and do it if you really want. But the rest of us want to live in a in a normal society where we can walk on the beach with our kids and not have to look at your breasts and explain something like that to our kids, which is, it's funny. 10 years ago, I would have been all for this. And, uh, and, and it's true. I mean, that's what you're going to get no matter what. You can say it's not sexualized all you want, but you're going to get a bunch of young kids who think it's hilarious. You're going to get some disgusting looking women who nobody wants to see their breasts out there. And then uh, you're going to get ones that just want to feel good about themselves. You know, I suspect that this is probably somebody that has kind of a low self-esteem and um, really values um, her looks and her ability to try to convince other people that it's all about them and they need to take care of themselves because then they'll be happy. And you know what? Um, Maybe that's how you end up being 40 years old and, and wanting to take your top off on the beach and get everybody else to tell you you're doing a great job and you're a hero for women's equity by doing it. Uh, no, you're not. You're, you're morally corrupt. You are selfish. And um, you don't care about your community or society. You care about you and you care about trying to be important in in a non-existent, empowering movement that is only going to set you back further and make you unhappy still. So... Why don't you go go to church? That might help you out a little bit more, okay? Talk to God or something. Find somebody like that and uh, leave your breasts behind the bikini bathing suit where they belong, okay? Because you know what? You know what's right and you know what's wrong. Walking around topless on a beach, it's just wrong. All right. And the last thing I want to get to here might end up being my favorite segment we do here on the Right and Wrong Show. It's a little segment I like to call Come on, man. And uh, at this point in the show, to wrap things up, we're going to find something that uh, is just one of those stories that you can't say anything else but... Come on, man. All right. So I'm sure you've all heard about the story um, in Louisville of Quintez Brown. He's going to be the um, topic of our Come On Man today. And he is the 21-year-old BLM activist who attempted to murder a Jewish mayoral candidate in um, Louisville. He was released on $100,000 bail about 48 hours after attempting to uh, walk in and commit a political assassination. Absolutely incredible. He was bailed out by Louisville Community Bail Fund, and they it, it's a organization that as far as I know, they collect money, they they get donate donations, and what they do is they go around and they bail people out um, when they're suspected or when they're arrested for committing crimes. It was huge in the summer of 2020, the BLM riots of 2020. That's one of those funds that they had in Minnesota that your now vice president, Kamala Harris, was advocating for, donated money to, and sharing their information on Twitter so that others would donate money and it was used to bail out rioters that attacked and set fire to a police station in Minnesota. But Mr. Brown here has been an activist since he was about 17 years old. There's clips. um, Maybe the mainstream media is probably hidden these things, but 
back um, when he was 17, he was interviewed on MSNBC by Joy Reid, and he's on there advocating for gun reform to take guns off the streets. He's being critical of um, Mitch McConnell, saying that they need to get guns off the streets, no more violence. And a couple years later, he tries to assassinate somebody, a political rival. And this guy, Brown, he he was a candidate for a district um, position, I, I believe, like city councilor. And he has been a very prominent BLM activist. Why isn't this a bigger story? This should be all over the place. Imagine, just imagine if roles were reversed at all. Mega supporting white supremacist Trump person tries to kill a mayoral candidate. It's insane. If that was the other way around, this would be all that was talked about for weeks. And believe me, there'd be no bail getting that person out. Not at all. So don't tell me that there's a set of rules for some and a whole different set of rules for others because it, it is. And it's not the way that, that the mainstream media would like you to believe it is. I bet you a lot of people have not heard about this story because they're trying to get it in, get it out as quickly as possible. But don't forget that name, Quintez Brown. And you know what? Right off the bat, the people who bailed him out, out they're going to the mental health well right there, right down that alley. Because you know what? Um, that's different than anybody else that would try to commit a uh, <laughs> political assassination. Like, come on here. Of course he's got mental issues. It's a mental health problem. That guy walked into a, ma- uh, in, into a candidate's office and shot at him. And luckily he's a terrible shot. He's got no aim in... It went through the guy's sweater, and he didn't hit anybody. But, like, what are you thinking here? Like, you're going to hide behind the mental health thing? Like, yeah, of course. Like, I would hope he's mentally deranged if he's trying to assassinate somebody, trying to walk into an office and kill somebody. (laughs) Like, come on. This is insane. Anytime somebody does anything wrong on the left, it's either... It, it, it was racial inequality, um, mental health, um, something just that they were set up to fail. A- any excuse under the book, if that's even a saying, I have no idea. I might be making stuff up now. Might have to give myself an, uh, one of those. Come on, man. So um, that'll do it for today. And Quintez Brown. You, my friend, are the very first person on the Right and Wrong podcast to get a good old-fashioned... Come on, man. All right, that's the show for today. Thanks for joining, and uh, keep an eye out for our next episode. We're going to be looking to pump these things out once a week, so uh, tune in next time, please. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a like and a follow and subscribe to the channel. Also, tell your friends, spread it around, okay? Until next week, this is your host, Brian Ruka, on the Right and Wrong Podcast. Thanks for joining. Man, what are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude.